are the content rebels. We've got zero time for busy work that masquerades as marketing, and we're done with losing the impact of our big message just to satisfy some SEO or social media algorithm rules. This is a show about marketing for established soloish entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships with clients online. Join me each week as we make your content work for you. Hey, hey, friends. I am so excited for this episode. It's exciting for me and for you, mostly for me, because it's been like nine or 10 months in the works. And today I get to debut Uncommon Content for you. So why is it exciting for you? Well, crafting Uncommon Content is the way to stand out in the sea of sameness. And I want to tell you all about how I got to this place, and it's going to involve a few thank yous. Before I come to that, I just want to tell you a little bit about this store I love. I don't even know if it's a store. It might just be a website. They're definitely based in Brooklyn because that's like the return address, but it's called Uncommon Goods. And I've been buying from the store for well over 15 years. I definitely remember buying and having things shipped to my house in Lakewood, California when I still lived in there. And uh, that's been at least 15 years. So yeah, it's a long standing place I've purchased from. If it's that long, you know I like it. The better question is why I like it. And, and the reason for that is this. We all have people for whom buying gifts is basically impossible. Either they tend to already have everything that they want. They just go out and buy whatever they want the minute they think about it instead of realizing, oh, your birthday's three weeks away. Maybe hold off just a little bit. You know who you're talking about right there. We all have that person. <laughs> That's, you know, person one I buy from there. Uh, person two is myself because I like a lot of their stuff. And person three would be the person you don't know what to buy for. You know, maybe it's like a friend of a friend. Maybe someone did something nice for you and you just want to buy them a gift as a way of saying thank you, but you're not real sure what they like. I guarantee if you go to uncommongoods.com and no, they're not paying me to say this, but I guarantee you will find something there. They've got so many different kinds of things, good quality things, thoughtful things, very unique and sometimes peculiar things, but you will find the gift you need and it helps you show up as a better gift giver. Whether that's like your love language or not, I guarantee you can up-level that gift giving game by using this website. Okay, now that you've heard my love story for that particular store, <laughs> I'm going to move on here a little bit because the word uncommon has probably branded itself in my brain because of my love for the site. And when it came time to naming my framework, that's why I say this has been nine or 10 months in the works. So now I just want to thank a few people. And the first of that is Elia Finkelstein. She, gosh, she spent an hour and a half with me pulling ideas out of my brain, challenging them, helping me distill them into words that make sense to not just me, not just the way I've always done content and walk my clients through content strategy, but make sense to other people. And I was so happy. Gosh, man, having it all in like a formal model just made so much sense to me. But I never loved the name. So that brings us to the next set of people I want to thank, which is Mel Desiel and Jay Akunzo. Together, they run Creator Kitchen, and it is a membership I joined this year. It's probably the best money I have spent all year, and it's been a little bit of a surprise. I expected good things, but I didn't expect so much greatness to come from this time. And they they run their program through what they call menus. You know, it's a kitchen model, right? Uh, yes, they are very cute. I know it's adorable. But the second menu that has happened since I've joined, at least, has been branding and modeling. And when I first heard that, I was like, cool, yay. 
uh, it didn't really feel like something I needed to work on. Well, I was wrong, and I am not afraid to admit it. Uh, Mel's masterclass on branding and modeling and creating frameworks and models was so fantastic. And I instantly, immediately realized I had work to do because not only did I not like the name of my framework, I never had, I really needed to make it a lot clearer to other people so that it would be easy for me to distill in conversations verbally like this where you can't actually see me, but also just as I'm taking on new clients, as I'm talking with prospects, as I'm explaining why we are doing a particular thing for a client strategy, right? And I got to work. I have spent a lot of time on it since then. In addition to talking it through with both Mel and Jay, I have pushed it out to people in my mastermind. My mastermind coach, Maggie Patterson's helped quite a bit. Even my sister, she was visiting several weeks ago and I put it in front of her and I was like, you, you're not in the business. Tell me, does this make sense, please? So with all of that, I've had my ideas challenged. I've had my, my thoughts pushed against. I've had to defend my opinions and tell people why they're not just opinions, they are reality. And that, that my friends, that has been magical. If you want to be a content rebel, you have to be willing to defend what you're going to say. And having someone actually be willing to do that for you is such a gift. It's such a blessing so that you know how to talk about your stuff. So all that to say, we are debuting uncommon content. Yes, five minutes into our episode, we're just finally getting there. But I needed you to have the context. I needed you to understand this isn't some willy-nilly thing I'm throwing out here. It's, it's uncommon because that word matters. It's not the commodity content, the, the monopoly content, as I have talked about it on this podcast in the past. It's not that which everyone else is preaching about. You know, we aren't just downloading an AI tool and, you know, beefing our website up with a bunch of SEO enriched articles. That is commodity content and anyone can do it. Anyone can even do it with your ideas if they pay attention long enough, right? No, uncommon is the opposite of that. Un, that's the antonym of common. Uh, yes, I am putting my grammar nerd hat on for that. But un, it automatically sets us apart and automatically rises above the sea of sameness. Having a unique voice, as I've also talked about on the podcast with Elia, having a unique voice does separate us out from that sea. But having a way of being and presenting yourself online is more than just having a voice. It's about exercising uncommon content. And you know, as I was talking this out with um, Jay in a, like an office hours one-to-one, well, it ended up being one-to-one because I was the only one that was there that day. But as I was talking this out, he challenged me on the word uncommon. So I want to actually read from the transcript of that call. So I'm going to pull that up real quick because he challenged me in a way I think everybody should be challenged on their ideas. It was almost like I was defending a thesis, right? Don't have a PhD, probably never will. <laughs> but I feel like this is probably how it would feel. And and he asked me, you know, why is it not just different or unique? You know, why is it not just that? Why is it just a different synonym? Why uncommon? And I said, so it's funny you mentioned the word unique because that's where I started. I don't like the word for two reasons. One, unique implies that you as the creator have to be special. And I don't like that connotation. We're all just people and you don't have to be special. You don't have to know more. You don't have to be more to help people stand out. So that's reason number one. I just don't like it. 
The reason I do like uncommon, not as a synonym and not even the uncommon content, like the roll off the tongue, that part came later. But the word uncommon has two things. It's the antonym of common. So already it's an opposite. Like we're standing out from the crowd, just inherent in the actual word structure. But also the idea of being uncommon is, to me at least, it brings a thoughtful idea to what all this is. And that was really the goal that I was coming here with anyway. It's like slapping content out there is not the goal. We are not about spraying and praying, right? Putting thoughtful, intentional content out there is. And to me, uncommon brings that. All right. That is what I said to Jay. And I am so happy that I was able to write that out and everything for all of you. I, I thought about just, you know, paraphrasing it, but there's a magic that happens when you're defending yourself. And I'm not defending myself as I record this. I'm explaining. And those are two very different things. So I wanted to read exactly what I said at the time so you could understand it's not just content. It's uncommon content. That is the bullseye goal we are aiming for. But if there's a bullseye, what's around it? And that's the model. That is the uncommon content model. It's a three-part Venn diagram. The three circles are map it out, showing it up, and dialing it in. And I want to explain, they used to have very complicated names, but map out, show up, and dial in. Those are the three things you need to do to get the bullseye, to hit that goal of uncommon content. And the reality is most people can do two out of three pretty well. Uh, most of my clients, certainly most of my colleagues that I respect, they're doing two out of three well. And because they're doing well on those two out of three, they kind of stop. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about how that usually works out. Most people, when they do this, they, they get the map out. They're like, I've got a strategic content plan. I have a content calendar. I am good. And then they start showing up and they realize that showing up consistently and also showing up with your real authentic self, right? Like it feels kind of hard, but they, they practice, they get better and, and they consistently do it. And they're now mapped out and they're now showing up. When they do those and they commit to it, they, they end up in this zone that I like to call execution with ease. It's where content feels approachable. It's no longer hard. It's no longer hard to know what to say. It's no longer hard to actually show up. You've, you've got those things. So content now feels comfortable. And because it feels comfortable, they stop. And because they stop, they don't end up hitting the trifecta goal and they don't get to the level of uncommon content. They still need to get to that dialing and end stage. What does that mean? It means that they're measuring. It means that they are going back to their content and seeing what worked, what didn't, and getting better as a result. They're really honing their message at that point so that their content can do the heavy lifting in their business. That right there is how you finally get out of the content creation hamster wheel. Because if you if you have strategic content and you are showing up reg regularly, that's good, but you're still constantly creating content. You're on that treadmill of content creation. And realistically, my people don't want that. I don't want that. And I'm assuming that you don't either. So that's the most common one. I do also see combinations where people have figured out how to show up and dial it in but they're not showing up with strategic content. They're kind of spraying and praying. They're throwing their spaghetti on the wall. Sometimes they're throwing their whole lasagna on the wall. You know what I mean? They're showing up because they need to. They're showing up because they're like, oh, I need to do that. I, I have a message. People need to hear it. I'm enrolling a course. I have an opening on my roster, like all the things, right? But because it's not strategic, their content isn't building upon each other. It's not a topic that leads into the next. It's not building that curiosity loop. 
and all of that, because that's not happening, they're still not seeing the results that com really good content could have. Uncommon content helps people build that know, like, and trust journey with you so that when they are ready to hire someone, you are the natural step. They already know that when they're ready to go, to go from step two to step five, you are the person. It's just a matter of when. And when you have that bullseye of uncommon content in your pocket, in the bag, you are the only option at that point. That's the goal. Finally, the least common one where I see people getting two out of three right here is where they do have mapped out content and they do dial it in. They end up with some sort of evergreen content situation. They've got the evergreen ROI sitting right there because they've mapped out strategic content. They've dialed in what works, but they stop showing up. They're no longer showing up consistently. They lose that spark of service. They lose that unique voice of theirs that people do want to engage with. And, and when it comes to know, liking and trusting someone, you you have to do that. You can't forget about that part. So when I say uncommon content is nuanced and considered, it's distinct and it's special, it is distinct because we've strategized it. We've shared our nuanced thinking. It's special and, and maybe even a little bit unusual or peculiar in that we, our whole self, our, like we're, our unique voice, we are showing up for our people with that spark of service. And it's thoughtful in the dialing in. We are making sure that our strategy and consistency are playing together and really showing up with effectiveness. You know, putting all of that together, it's not common. And most aren't willing. But you are. If you're listening to this, you are. You are willing to go the extra mile and, and create content that does the work in your business. So what is uncommon content? It's not just special and it's not just different. It's not just original or unique. It knows when to break the rules. I can talk about all the rules. I can teach you how to create a strategic content plan. I can show you how to put together a content sprint that will last, that you can turn into an evergreen content plan so you aren't on that hamster wheel. I can tell you how to do that. I can teach it and I can do it for you. All of those things, right? You can know all the content rules and still not hit the bullseye with uncommon content. To do that, you really need to understand the difference between hitting two out of three and hitting all three. If you need help with that, I am here. I will have openings this fall for done for you content plans, including the content sprint we were talking about. I also can help you with just the strategic plan where you do all the showing up and implementing on your own. Both options will be available this fall. I would love to chat with you about that before they fill up. Talk to you guys soon. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. The first is share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams, and we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. Doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you next week.